Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems. Problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
Hello everyone and welcome to episode 102 of Straight White Whale in the studio. This evening we are joined by Dr. Michael. How are you mate? Good man, good. Nice to be here. I just uh, flew in fresh from Australia a couple of days ago but uh, I made it a priority to come talk <laughs> to you man because uh, I love, love watching your stuff. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself coming and doing a podcast like this uh, in amongst the scum. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, you know, you, you, like I said to you before, your content is totally relatable, man. But oh. uh, there's a but there's a serious note to it as well. You yeah. know, like it's all it's all funny, but actually, I mean, it, it, when you look at it in the broader picture, you realise that there's some dangerous stuff going on out in social media. Well, thank you very much for joining us, mate, and thank you for saying that. We need to do an ad read, so I hope you don't mind. Paul is going to get straight into it, and then maybe you can pass the code about amongst friends and family if they need help. Uh, I'm dying with a cold, so please don't judge this ad read. Dr. Michael will be able to diagnose any vitamin C. What's the infrared ray that I need to inject into my oh, bloodstream? Oh, my God, aye. Barocca and a Fanta. Barocca. <laughs> <laughs> you get me a barocca. This week's sponsor is Alan Argue at Argue & Co Legal, who are a Glasgow-based law firm and have an office in George Square. If you have any need for legal assistance, please contact Argue & Co Legal. If they can't help you, they will uh, point you in the right direction of a trusted colleague who can. Their main area of expertise is personal injury claim. So if you've been in a car accident or injured at work, they will... Uh, endure to get you the maximum compensation that you deserve. The main difference between arguing co-legal and the big law firms that you see and hear advertising on TV and radio is the level of customer service and their approachability. They will genuinely treat you like a friend or family member and keep you up to date with your case and speak to you like a normal person. They are cheaper than most other law firms, um, but they also do no win, no fee. So if you need any legal assistance, contact Arguing Co. Legal on 0141-378-4145. You can get them at their website, which is arguingco.co.uk. That's A-R-G-U-E-A-N-D-C-O.co.uk. Or you can go to their offices at First Floor, 9 George Square, Glasgow, Golf 2, 1QQ. And Alan is keeping the lights on and help... Uh, us do this podcast which we love to do but you can also participate in that if you go to patreon.com forward slash straight white whale for less than the price of a coffee you can also help keep the lights on here at straight white whale thank you very much paul kept appreciate it. It. kept it straight there man cause of the cold yes appreciated as always so michael have you ever been on a podcast before um, yeah, I've I've done a couple actually. I mean, the last couple of years has just been bananas for me because I obviously I've got I've got a kind of fairly normal job, and then the yeah. last two years in social media has just kind of exploded. So I've done yeah all sorts of shows and TV things and uh, podcasts, which is still gets t still takes a bit of getting used to. Yeah, um, well, I was at the the TikTok Awards in Australia last week, which was just like bananas you know I mean, it's just a different world from the one that i live in but quite good fun to to yeah. peek your head in and have a look and then go back to the real world again so um i've done, done a fair bit of podcasting i'm actually uh, in australia uh, starting to do some filming for a kind of um doctor tv program it's kind of going to be a mixture between like embarrassing bodies and uh you know uh, kind of a bit more of a, a discussion about issues that people don't want to talk about so yeah. um yeah done it done a bit of this stuff before 
That's amazing, by the way. Sorry, I should have worded that better. A podcast as scummy as this. <laughs> no, here, that's fantastic. Look, I, I know that the two years connected on TikTok, and I find your TikTok actually very beneficial for me. Um, I've learned a lot about vitamins. It's just nice to hear a doctor kind of talk in normal terms regarding health and fitness. And um, I, I actually connected because you were talking about body dysmorphia as well yep. and that was something that i could relate to and i had a wee stereotypical opinion on that i just thought it was maybe people that were struggling with their weight and that type of stuff i never realized it can oh absolutely um, i mean just even on that point that you, you raised um when we're filming for this uh for this the tv program what's well, called called dialogue um the f- our first program was on a guy who went from being 150 10 kilogram bodybuilder to want to be a model on the catwalk and had to lose 30 kilos and he had body dysmorphia when he was 110 kilos and he always thought he looked too small and then when he got down to 70 kilos that he needed to be to be on these runways he thought he looked too fat so like it affects anybody like yeah. it, it's not just related to, to to weight it can be some you know you, you think that you look completely different to what every, everybody else sees and no matter what anybody says to you it just cannot change your mind um so no so it's, it's it's a it's a mental health condition and i think the only way that you can actually because I, i've suffered from it as well i think the, the only way that you actually get around it is accepting that you have it and um trying to quieten quieten it down and you know it will flare up from time to time that you might see pictures of yourself and go oh, look, i look terrible there or uh, you know that's kind of um I, I don't like the way i look but i think it, kind of internalizing and going look I know I've got this condition. It's never going to go away and it's going to flare up from time to time. It yeah. might, you know, it might be related to how you're feeling yourself at that moment, but um, it's something that we really need to raise awareness about because in social media, everybody shows the perfect side, you know, so everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, people are putting up their best pictures, you know, uh, and, and creating kind of unrealistic expectations. And it's, you know, I think it's hard enough for guys our age. We're a bit older. I, I can't imagine what it's like for guys that are 15, 16, 17 that are, um, you know, looking at this unrealistic uh, unrealistic images and going, I need to look like that. And if I just go to the gym and I just take these supplements, I'm going to look like it. Yeah. Because, um, you know, the internet's just changed everybody. We're, you know, constantly overanalyzing what we look like. Um, we're kind of over overanalyzing everything, to be honest, and comparing it with other people, which is just not realistic. Because as I said to you before, um, now that over the last couple of years, I've been around influencers a bit more often and let me tell you their, their lives are not perfect like they make out you know like, I, get, uh, I get that in here uh, when I, I launched this business in 2020 and I had been doing my own podcast for 2016 and I just started to say to people like you've got no idea what these people are like like the majority of them are actually to me probably mentally unwell absolutely. the way that yeah, they sort yeah. of carry but on the, the thing is as well if, if somebody says to you uh, that you, you, you've got all the money that you'd ever need you're famous on social media then you'd, you'd think oh, once I get to that point my life's going to be perfect but then when you get to that point and your life isn't perfect then it's probably even worse than your average person you know because you think you've made it to this point everything should be brilliant I should be happy and you're not yeah. and that's probably even worse and I think that's why all these celebrities start to uh, turn to other vices you know just to try and um you know block out those those thoughts but yeah. you know we're all we're all human we're all on the same spectrum at some point like everybody's going to have their, their ups and downs through life and i think um just 
what I try to do in my social media is, is just tell people that it's normal to feel certain ways sometimes. It's not necessarily that something's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you do, you, you know, you do have to, to work on yourself and I think it's important to do that. But I think a lot of that comes from actually accepting what kind of what kind of ways you're feeling so yeah for for us with the body dysmorphia it's like saying look i've got this condition it means that when i look at myself sometimes i'm i'm, I'm gonna not like the way i look or i think i'll look a certain way but that's just something that i've got that i need to deal with and i think yeah. once you accept it actually makes it a bit easier don't get me wrong it, it still catches you out from time to time and um probably in the in the moments that you least expect it but yeah uh, it definitely makes it a bit easier oh, i appreciate you saying that because i think it's you just need to accept it. I, I got caught. I'm, I've been okay with it for a couple of years now, but the other night I like to go to, I go to some mental health meetings and someone behind the tea bar was made some uh, homemade cake and, you know, caught me off guard a fucking belter. Yep. I was eating this cake, right? Full blown. Don't give a fuck. Yep. I, I'm, I do calorie counting, but I've, I'm like, fuck it, it's Christmas. Yep. Enjoy yourself. Absolutely. So I'm like getting right in about this cake proper, fucking uh, 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 yeah, yeah. and stuff. And somebody was like, ah, all right, big man, you enjoying that cake? And the word big man used to be really triggering right, for me. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. you bastard. And I could see the old thoughts coming back. But does he mean big man? He's called me big man because I've put on weight. And I was like, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't engage. Don't embrace it. Just Absolutely. enjoy your cake. Enjoy Christmas and get to January. I just got to say there, man, you triggered every PT in Glasgow. They'll be going, it's Christmas, fuck it. I'm having a bit of cake. Ah, They'll be like, no, don't let that. I was going to ask, ask you this, Michael. Like, um, Aye, but it was a full fucking birthday cake. <laughs> 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 it's it's amazing, though, just how those, those words just yeah. trigger, you know, they bring out all the emotions and then yeah. you're, yeah, just, it just all comes to the surface again. You have to really kind of just deal with it yeah i was like fuck it enjoy my cake and Absolutely, just get yeah, on yeah. with it uh -huh. would he would he so like this is kind of like my take and i don't know if you agree or no but i think that the whole online pt phenomena or cult that's came about yep now causes more of these things like body dysmorphia whether you're posting before and after pics actually like i think quite a lot of what people when people don't like you're saying, they, they, look, they go on social media, they look at themselves, they look at people on social media and they're like, oh, I want to be like that. But then I think as they get deeper into that sort of idea and then they start posting pictures and they're getting likes and stuff, it then starts to exacerbate this sort of idea. And also that picture that they've took is one day out of a year and they probably spend the full year either bulking or cutting and all this sort of stuff. But do you think that that sort of like thing that started to pop up all over the place with these coaches and nutritionists and like I had guys in here the other week that were like just because it's Christmas guys your goals don't mm. change and blah 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 and I'm like guys look you are actually virgin on crazy with us it's getting beyond a fucking joke I, I, I completely agree with you I think it's just exacerbating things because again you've got these PTs who whose job it is to sell you these courses so um, you know of course they're going to put things up on their uh, on their in, uh, Instagram or the socials and they're going to be in the best shape of their life because that's a business so that you know what I would love to see happen is if somebody like a PT puts up a course or puts up a picture on Instagram, if they're 100% completely natural, then they don't need to do anything on the picture. But if they've taken anything, any supplements, any supplements, um, then I think they should have to declare it on Instagram. You know, it's uh, like, you know, there should be a disclaimer that, um, or oh, to, to achieve this, I took 
blah, 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 blah. You know, it's just unrealistic because some of the, you know, the, the guys that walk about with six packs all year round, that's just, I mean, that takes a lot of dedication that probably your average person just can't do. So that means like you can't go for your, uh, if, if your mates are going for a pint or you're going out for dinner with your family, that means you actually go and, oh, do you know what? I can't actually eat some of the stuff on this menu. I'm going to have to change what I'm doing. And it, it, it's, you know, and what are you doing it for? Like it's not, it's not yeah. healthy. It's actually really stressful to, for you to be yeah. at a very low body body fat, which is what these guys are promoting. When I get patients and I say, look, they get obsessed with the, the scales and they get obsessed with looking at the scales. And I said, look, it doesn't matter what weight you are. If you're going to the gym and you feel good and you feel as if your T-shirt's a bit tighter and you, you feel a bit better on yourself, then that's what you're looking for. I mean, if, if, if you want to be a, a, a cover model or you want to be on the front of men's health, then absolutely fine. Go, go and do one of these programs. If you really want to put put a shift in, like if you have a time frame on it, let's say, look, for five weeks, I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to try and get myself into shape. And then after that five weeks, take your foot off the gas again and do it. But, you know, if it's the same with diets as well. If you tell somebody to go on a diet, they might lose a lot of weight very quickly, but they're going to put it back on because yeah, it's just not sustainable. Um, the best advice that I give people is make a kind of lifestyle change and make it focus on you feeling better and not how you look. And if you feel better in yourself and your mental health's in a good place, and if somebody says to you, all right, big man, how you doing? Then it's not going to affect you as much as it would do if you're just focused on the weight. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, th I think that doesn't sell any programs, does it? But uh, yeah, I've, I've got a big... <laughs> a, it, there's, a, there's a lot of rubbish out there and you hear people, the carnivore diet and the liver king. I don't know if you saw all that stuff. Oh, so aye. he came out and says, oh, I just eat um, liver and all these raw meats and stuff. And that's why I've got a, uh, a six pack and he's, he's a big ripped guy. And then it all came out that he'd been on all this... Uh, growth hormone and steroids and everything like a huge list that cost them like tens of thousands of dollars a month to be on and then but it didn't matter because he'd already made all his money he, yeah. it came out about a couple of years after and and then it all unfolded that he actually had a marketing plan to do that and then once he came out and said oh by the way i was taking stuff then people are just like oh well um you know it's just like there's no accountability yeah um which i think in this day and age is, is shocking um because social media is just can be a platform for good but it can be a real negative platform as well but you know i get it as well sometimes but when, when i'm flicking through instagram and i see guys that are uh, like on a photo on a photo shoot yeah, uh, you you're not just looking at a picture. You need to think about what's going on in the months leading up to that, and on the day, and you know they're having to uh, even adjust the amount of water that they're drinking, and they probably feel like crap, and they look great, but it's just not sustainable. I think if it, it, the the invention of the selfie was probably the worst thing that could have happened to humanity because we went from looking in a mirror a couple of times a day, you know, maybe look in the mirror in the morning before you went in for a shower, did your hair went to work, came back in, and you'd maybe count on one hand the amount of times you would actually look at yourself. But now people are just walking about with the cameras out and taking pictures constantly, and it just creates this over-analysis and, oh, this could be better and that could be better. But um, it affects everybody because human it's just human nature to, yeah. uh, to to compare yourself and to be want to want to be like people who you look on the internet and go, oh, they're pretty cool. Well, the, 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 it's there's definitely like the comparison thing and obviously there's that everybody will talk about comparisons the thief of joy and you're like that is true if you just keep on looking there will always be somebody above you you'll never you know what i mean and like you'll never be the top of the fucking absolutely pyramid. Yeah, might yeah. get to the top of your own personal pyramid in your own social media circle yeah but yep. you will always be able to go and find that person that's doing it a wee bit harder than you making a wee bit more money than you get the bigger house the bigger car and blah 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 i think that the big thing 
for me that really gets to me is is that these people are pretending to be happy mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i've never met anybody that comes in here that does i've got so many podcasts that come in here i've never met one pt fitness guy crypto property investment business blah 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 that i'm actually looking at and going i'm envious of you yep because you've really nailed it you're really happy they're all chasing butterflies and snow dust no no it's all like moonbeams it's like see if you get that you'll be happy and it's like i don't know i know and then even when when you do do these um challenges at the gym and stuff and again you're, you're, you're totally right once you start taking pictures and you go oh you, you looked like this before now you look like this then it kind of just triggers that kind of competitive side in you and you're like oh maybe i can do a bit better yeah. so for it you know again it's it's the same for anything take like booze for example some people can go to the pub and have one and just be like right that's enough and some people have to sit there all night and keep drinking you know like everybody's a bit different so it depends what type of person you are if you're the type of person and go right for five weeks i'm going to give it everything i'm going to sort my diet out i'm going to do a bit of meditation i'm going to sleep better i'm going to try and uh, be the best person i can be for five weeks and then we'll see what happens but then after that five weeks you got to just you know t- take your foot off the gas and actually just go back and because you can't go 100 miles an hour all the time it's just no. a, a recipe for disaster and then when you do eventually crumble and fall then you're in a worse position yeah i mean I, when i was younger uh i thought my whole every problem i had in my life was because i was overweight and i think i went from 18 stone to 12 and a half stone and see when i stood on the scales and i seen 12 and a half stone i was like see whatever this horrible feeling is is still there and that was that was worse because i was like right so it's not that i've been saying it's that my whole life and i've lost all the weight and i thought it was like oh i'll get a girlfriend i'll get money like all that shit. Yeah. And so you, you've just done the, exactly what we were talking about with the, with the, the you know, the, the influencer who says, once I've got this amount of money or once I've got this amount of followers or once I've got this, everything will be fine. And then when it's not, you're like, oh, what yeah. do I do now? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, takes you back to square one because you're like, I thought if I did that, I was going to feel better. And then when you're not, then you really have to dig a bit deeper and find out exactly where it all came from and, and, and deal with that. It's quite strange though, because see, as a doctor... Do you feel like maybe you don't talk about like that? You don't talk about that stuff when you're doing your work. It's just so 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 I I I do try to talk to to people about that, especially you know when it comes to kind of mental health stuff. I I mean I've obviously worked in the NHS and I still do work in the NHS. But one of the things that really used to annoy me was when I worked in a clinic in 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 Springburn. Um, we'd get people coming in with really complicated mental health stuff and we only got a 10 minute appointment to do stuff with them and i felt as if it was just like you know you either rush you either rush it you know there's only, there's only two ways you can do it you can either rush the consult which is not fair on you and not fair on the patient or you can run over and take the 25 minutes that it actually takes to speak to somebody about a mental health issue if you're going to do it properly yeah um and then you know you get everybody else coming in saying oh you're, you know why, why are you running so late and why are you doing this and what so you can't win so you're either doing a, a rush job or you're running over and again that's not good either because then you, you end up running late and everybody's complaining and you're in a bit of a, a bad headspace so that, 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 that for me was the biggest thing because i like to talk to people and say look who who are you you know who, who, like tell me about tell me what your average day looks like because um i think a lot of the time people complain that they, they you know the doctors don't 
actually ask them enough questions and get to know them. And um, I think if you want people to really open up, you have to do that kind of thing. That's the, the kind of the hard work. But I actually just genuinely like talking to people as well. You know, yeah. so if I've got somebody who comes in and they say, look, I've been feeling low for a bit, then then I'll say, right, well, t- tell me what, what do you do? What do you do for work? What's happening at home? Um, and then if I'm really stuck, I'll be like, right, well, just tell me your average day. What time do you get up in the morning? What do you do? What kind of things do you do that, uh, that you enjoy? Um, but I, th- I think doing it from, you know, th- that takes time and that takes harder work than just giving people medications, yeah. um, which I think is just a big problem in the NHS when you're so time pressured. I, I think it's the same with giving out antibiotics. I think um, it takes more time to actually look somebody over thoroughly than it does to give them a, a prescription for something. And um, yeah, when it comes to the mental health stuff, I, I, I mean... It gets to the point where actually, if I have a lot of mental health consults in a day, I do feel a bit drained because it takes a, it takes a lot out out of you um, yeah. as the person asking all these questions. And you know, but I, th- I think I think that's what how we should be doing it. You know, that's like human being to human being, not just doctor to patient. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer on being a human first and then a doctor second. You know, so um, for me that was one of the main reasons where I, why I actually left the NHS was because um, I felt like I was doing a kind of shoddy job. Not, not, but not because of what what I was doing in the consults, but just purely on time restrictions and even working in the emergency department, saying to people, "Look, you need this scan, but the waiting list is X, and I can't do anything to speed it up." I just felt like I was like, I felt like it was like fast food medicine, you know, and that yeah. was not the reason why I got into medical school in the first place. Um, you know, I, w- I wanted to be the very best doctor that I could be, and I felt like working in the NHS that I just couldn't do it, you know, in the, in the current environment, which yeah. which is quite confronting. Fast food medicine, I've never heard it put that way, but that's pretty sweet. What a drive-through. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 the reason, because I, I, I loved um, GP stuff purely because I, I loved the, the idea of getting to know people and seeing them through different stages of life, seeing them in the ups, seeing them in the downs and everything in between, you know? And I, and I love the emergency stuff as well, because again, I just like being hands-on. So, so I wanted to, to combine the two. And yeah. over here, it's very, very, you know, um, they're very rigid, and oh, you can only do one or the other. But so, so when I when I go to Australia now, I I work half the time in a GP clinic and half the time in the emergency, and that kind of, you know, that yeah. that it's perfect for me because I get my fix of both. But it also means that when I um, when I'm in my GP clinic, I can uh, spend as much time as I want with patients. So we we roughly get fifteen or twenty minute appointment, which means that not only can I sort out the problem they came in with, I can actually have a chat with them, get to know them, but then also think about, right, are you up to date with your screening? How's the mental health? All these things that like you, you take for granted that I just couldn't do over here, you know? Like it's, yeah. um, and, and you know, GPs get a bad name over here and I, and I get that it's, um, it's just, such a, a bad situation for everybody i mean yeah. it's, a, it's it's for the workers they're not enjoying it for the patients it's not good for them either um but yeah the the the, the 10 minute appointments over here just make things really really rushed yeah. and you know i might go to see my gp with a sore throat and it might take two minutes but a lot of the patients that i was seeing in in uh, springburn health center were people in their 70s or 80s with like five medical problems have been waiting four or five weeks for an appointment and that yeah. takes a lot longer than 10 minutes you know so so i get people saying oh when i go to the gp it's just for a, uh, a, a, a you know a, a a sick um a sick note or it's just a prescription it's a quick thing but 
um, you know, ninety percent of the consults are not like that. Yeah. And and as we get older and there's an aging population, things are just going to get worse. But you know, people always put their experiences what the whole thing's like. But um, yeah, I just I just hope it hope it gets better because in its current state, it's not good for anybody. No. Springburn though, you've probably gave some of my fa- <laughs> you've probably gave some of my family. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, no, I, I, I enjoyed it in Springburn. <laughs> I was in the in the health centre in Springburn, and, and I loved it. But um, there just came a point of realization where I remember one of the nights. In fact, that this this was where I went and I need to I need to get out of here. Um, I, I was I was in my room, so I used to go in at like um, just before eight in the morning. And then we'd start seeing patients at like half past eight through to the afternoon. And then I go and do house calls and then we'd have an evening consult. But there'd be so much paperwork and stuff that you just don't see, like, you know, that that, that builds up throughout the day. And then so I'd sit there till about, you know, this, this was when I was in my training as well. I wasn't a fully qualified GP. This was a year before. So I'd be sitting there till like seven o'clock, half seven, eight o'clock, some nights. And, um, and like one of the nights I remember leaving at about eight. And um, the two GPs that worked there kind of stuck their head out the door and they're like, oh, you leave, you're leaving early tonight, Mike. And, I, and, I, and you know, at the time I kind of laughed and then I went back and I sat in my car and I went, nah, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Um, because I was like, I, I, you know, I put a lot into my job when I'm there, but I don't want to be, um, you know, the guys that are, you know, o- older doctors that are in their work all the time and not spending time with their family and friends. You know, yeah. I thought, um, yeah, that, that 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 was that was the main turning point. And then, um, you know, I just put my head down, got my training finished, and then, yeah, they're like, oh, you want to come back and, and work here? And I was like, I'm actually I'm actually moving to Australia, and uh, it's still it's still at the point where not as many people were doing that. But yeah, I just uh, it was a you know the, that that point I thought, nah, I've made my mind up now. I just um can't see me being able to be, be the doctor I wanted to be yeah. in those constraints. I thought, nah, that's just, um, you know, and, and the, the way I, I described to my mates when, I, when I'm talking to them about it, um, not that I'm comparing myself to, to Ronaldo before anybody <laughs> says, well, Dr. Mike compared himself to Ronaldo. Uh, uh, so, you, you know, when Ronaldo was at Man United and, yeah. he, and he left to go to Real Madrid and he, you know, because he was like, right, I want to go on to the next level. So um, it's like, when he came back to Man United after he'd done all that and he said, oh, the training facilities were still garbage and they hadn't moved forward. And that's kind of what I feel like when I come back now and I still work here. I'm like, I cannot believe that things haven't moved forward. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's just a, a crumbling system that um, you know, ultimately the workers are there to try and prop up and they've been doing that for a long time. But it's just getting to the point now where it's um, it's yeah, becoming a bit too difficult for them and lots of people are like, experienced people like nurses that I've worked with for um you know the best part of 15 years that have been nurses for 30 or 40 years you're really experienced nurses that are like not nah, retiring we can't do that yeah I can't do it anymore yeah. and, and they're, they're like the strongest people that t- the people that you need in the departments to make yeah. them run that are just like not nah, can't do this anymore yeah I noticed that my friend I went to visit my friend in the royal he had a head injury and in the ward, there was just like someone smoking in the bathroom. There was a guy being cheeky to a nurse. And this young guy, I would imagine he's a student doctor or something, was just like trembling with stress. No, no, absolutely, yeah. And I'm sitting on the seat, like watching this. I felt like I was watching a movie. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell, man, I've been in here for 20 minutes. No, when, I, when I worked in the Royal, and I used to dread doing the Friday, the Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, night shifts. It was just a, it was just madness. Like, yeah. There was sometimes more police in there than there was patients. Like, it was it was yeah. mad and then you get like i mean I, 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 like people just do not 
do not respect any healthcare workers anymore in, yeah. in, in the hospitals. It's just, um, you know, especially when you throw drink into the mix, like we've been spat at and uh, people swinging punches at us. And I've been, I've been pissed on in the, in the, in the Royal. Somebody, uh, somebody was on a trolley and I stood, uh, stood up behind them and they managed to pee down my back. Wow. Uh, and I was just like, oh, this is, this is madness. I mean, a level sometimes I quite like because I quite like a bit of um, madness to a certain point because I like you know the, all, all the the hustle and bustle. But it gets to a certain point where you're like, I haven't been for a pee in twelve hours. Um, I'm, I'm having to stay late because there's nobody else coming on shift. I'm like, ah, oh, this is just not get not fun anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, I can tell when I go back when I when I work in the um, the Southern or the, the Queen Elizabeth, whatever it is now, and the Royal. And I go in there and I see people that I've worked with for years and I look, I look at them. They're just not the same person anymore, uh, which <laughs> is horrible, isn't it? It's like, it's yeah. just like, a, just like yeah. the soul's been kind of, this might be a mad leap, mm-hmm. right? But do you think there's a connection between the type of stuff that you've experienced on TikTok and people lacking respect? I'm thinking of like my, like, you know, not to get the violence out. My dad's been dead 20 years, right? But he was chronically ill just a stereotypical Shettleston guy, heart disease, died in his 50s. You're just like, oh, copy and paste, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But when we used to, there was a there was a period of time they were trying to, he ended up getting a triple heart bypass, but he was in hospital for like a year. And I, I'm no kidding on, see if I had, I went up and, and like disrespected the nurses, the doctors, I, I would have get fucking leathered, right? And the people that are there, like everybody respected, like the, the, what was the the head nurse called on matron, the ward? The matron, the, yes, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And and but they would be like so fucking strict about women on in that ward and blah blah. No, but no. I don't know if this is like a crazy leap of that we have had decades of like politicians and news just reporting that it doesn't even matter. They don't know what they're fucking talking about. Blah blah blah. And so the institutions now, the respect for the institutions is non-existent amongst the general population, and they're like the NHS is shite and oh fuck it, we should tear it down and blah 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 and do you think that's leading to people just totally disrespecting it and so they come in and just abuse because that's yeah, abuse what I, you're I, talking about honestly i think you've hit the nail on the head there to be honest like it's just um i think it, everybody's fed up with authority you know it's like a like they're, they're um acting out against authority so whether that comes as a policeman or a, a politician or a doctor or a nurse it's just like you know it's they, they just don't don't want to be told what to do kind of thing that's like you know the 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 the, over the last couple of years that's where everybody's got to um but again again i I, i'm a big believer in that if we've got an nhs and we want to protect it then we should be teaching people at school about the body do you know what i mean like how how much did you learn about the human body when you were at school nothing Exactly. Uh, how, wait, so, but I could tell yeah. you where like mad countries are and and how yeah. a, how a river flows and and all that stuff and and Pythagoras's theory, but not a bit about how, what do you do if you've got a cold? What do you do if you've got a fever? Yeah. But, um. Like, what, what, what? When should you go and see your doctor? You can't. I mean, so so in 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 some respects, I feel sorry for people because we're saying right, you're coming up to the accident emergency with a sore finger that you've had for ten weeks, or you're coming up because you think you're pregnant. Um. But at the same time, we're not educating them how to use the NHS. So, like you know, as much as I go to people, oh, you know, you shouldn't be here. Like, and you get frustrated in the in the in the moment. 
I think there's a, an element where we actually have to go, do you know what, we're not teaching you about the human body and, and what is normal and what's not and, you know, what, what to do if you have these simple things. And then, you know, so you can't really blame people, even though, yeah. I mean, you'd be so surprised some of the stuff that people come to accident emergency with. It's just, yeah, it's just so frustrating because the, I mean, the, the good thing just now is if you're really sick, you get, you know, you're straight to the front of the queue and everybody's on you. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people that are sitting there waiting for, I mean, last year when I was working here, it was it was embarrassing. Actually, people were waiting nine, ten, eleven hours um, to be seen. And you know, if if they're in their seventies or eighties, if they're sitting for twelve hours and they've got a, a urine infection or a chest infection, they're just going to get worse. Yeah. So by the time we get to see them, they're they're worse, and we're having to do more work. Whereas if we'd seen them ten hours before, it would have been much easier, and they wouldn't have maybe even had to come into hospital. Yeah. So, um, so I think there's a huge thing about just people not respecting authority at any level. You know, I think yeah. I think you probably like even, yeah, I mean, you could extrapolate it to, to to lots of different people. But I think you know, police especially. Like when I used to be in the emergency and hear the way people would talk to the police, I'd be like, I would never say that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, I would never do that. But um, yeah, my my, uh, my dad was in hospital for a, for a long time, a couple of years ago. And every time we would go up, it was all like, you know, it just never crossed my mind. Even though there was times, like, don't get me wrong, there was times where I was like, um, you know, have you thought about doing this or that? And I don't like to do that because, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't go up to the hospital and go, oh, I'm a doctor, you know, that's my that's my father. I, I think we should be doing X, Y, and Z um, because it's not my place and I can't make a, um, you know, I can't be objective when it's a family member. Um, but yeah, e even at the times where I was frustrated and going, oh, I think we should be doing that, I, I would I would always be polite and I would never say anything, you know, because, yeah. uh, you know, it's the, they're the ones giving the care. It's just me being the kind of worried relative. That's my my role in that that situation but yeah i think a lot of people are just yeah i mean it, it you you wouldn't believe it like the the the, the emergency departments are like war zones yeah and um and, and I, I i i remember telling somebody uh, i did an interview and, and, I, and i used that term and people said I'm, 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 you can't compare it to that you can't compare that well come in to the royal infirmary on a saturday night at 11 o'clock and you can make a judgment and have a look about there's just trolleys everywhere there's people yeah. lying on the floor um there's it's people screaming and shouting there's police everywhere it's it's just a mess if it makes you feel any better when i was younger i i, I never swallowed it accidentally took a mouthful of weed color oh, right. okay. yeah, and i yeah, remember yeah. ending up i ended up in the accident and emergency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i just had this flashback of being in a big metal bath and a nurse was literally just like a brush yeah yeah, just like yeah, yeah. washing me with a brush as i was like ah! yeah. so sometimes they give you the charcoal now you're lucky never got that <laughs> uh, yeah maybe, it, it, maybe i did maybe you did uh, but uh but, that, but that's an accident but no honestly we, 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 well people... i mean i opened the bottle and literally yeah we, we, we get people coming up and being like you know i think i'm pregnant i'm like right well okay uh have you done a test no like right, why did you come to the max in the emergency? Then you could do, you know, like, but just yeah. silly. Things. When's the last time you had sex? Three years ago. Nah, right? nah, nah. <laughs> uh, but, but but things like you know, people with sore fingers. The fact I, I hurt my finger five weeks ago, but I came up on the Saturday night to to the Royal because uh, I, I was fed up of it. Like, oh, right, wow. come on. Uh, that would be amazing if schools brought that in you know you've got like re and stuff if they just had a class I, I, well, honestly, for that I, I, would be I, I brilliant. don't understand why it doesn't happen like, yeah. I, I mean if you if you like the nhs is um i mean it's something that should be protected and there's nothing like it in the world you know but 
unless you know people have to accept that you've got to use it properly yeah like it can't you can't blame everything on the conservatives well i, I mean i would blame everything on the conservatives but yeah you can't you can't blame everything because it ultimately if the people abuse it then you can do whatever you want that yeah. it's, it's never going to get used properly it's it's I, i've said this on the podcast before when i was younger maybe 15 16 and i was very overweight lived my whole life nobody ever told me that i shouldn't have been overweight didn't mm. know what it meant never heard the word obesity and i remember going to my gp one day sitting in the waiting room i can laugh about it now right yep. and i was actually eating greggs i was drinking iron brew yep. this nurse took it she was like what are you doing like literally like what are you doing and then i remember saying i remember her saying calorie Right. And I remember saying, what's a calorie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then see if it, to go from a 15-year-old boy to a 36-year-old man now, and all it, all of it is self-educated. I'm grateful that I've, get, I've done therapy. I've spoke to friends that are personal trainers and stuff, but yep. I'm like, none of that was in my school. Even when I used to do wrestling training, like Olympic wrestling training, yep. and I was always overweight, even the, the, the trainers never told me, like, maybe yeah, you yeah, should yeah, yeah. eat a wee bit better. I know. It, it, it still surprised me to this day that they haven't even started to introduce it or or, or do anything because um, like it, it got to the point where, so so it's, I mean I I my, I'm, I'm the first doctor in my family, so we come from working class. Uh, like my my mum grew up in, in Posel, and my dad, uh, his mum and dad are, were Polish, and they came good over. Good Catholic the boy. <laughs> good Catholic doctor. Good Partick Thistle supporter. Uh, no. um, but uh, <laughs> my boy. <laughs> I know. Like, Likewise, when, uh, this is a Partick Fussell podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we, we but so so growing up, I never had any. Uh, you know, I didn't have any doctors around me or medical people or whatever. And then well, I remember when I went to school, I went to school down in Solcoats and um, St Andrews Academy in Solcoats, no longer there anymore. Um, but uh, I remember I, I managed to get really good grades in fifth year or whatever it was, and but I didn't do biology, and so Glasgow Uni said right you need to get a B or something in, in biology in your sixth year to, to, to get in. And I remember um, it was human biology and I remember reading this textbook and I hadn't done nothing and I learned nothing at school about the human body and I just remember being so like bamboozled about it. I was like, how do I not know this stuff? Yeah. Um, but even just very basic stuff, I was like, I've got no idea. Um, so so like, like I literally came out of school with zero knowledge about the human body or how i should you know how you should look after yourself yeah um which i find is just bizarre it's quite sad and i could tell you pythagoras's theory there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Well, no, don't ask me. No, don't, don't, don't quote me on that. But do, do you know what I mean? Like silly Aye. things that stick in your mind that you lie in your bed at night and you go, oh, I remember that. Remember that uh, that thing in geography in that time? And it, but just useless <laughs> stuff. Aye. I could tell you about a Laurel Hardy movie, but sometimes I'm like, how many livers do you have? Two? Three? I'm not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got a question from yeah, yeah. a listener. Do you get high on your own supply? Uh, of the crystals. <laughs> uh, nah. And if you do, can I buy some? Uh, uh, no, but no, but uh, yeah. A sandwich bag for <laughs> whatever you've got. It's Christmas, mate. Come on. I'll see, I'll see what's in the doctor's bag. <laughs> mate, one over fucked. You're all cutting a bit mad, mate. Uh, no, that's it. Eh? Um, we're talking about respect and stuff, and I would like to touch on TikTok. Well, I won't go into specifically who, but I see a lot of your videos. I've I've watched them all, yep. and I have seen a lot of comments, and I'm like, the majority of it is positive, but sometimes I'm losing. I lose faith in humanity. Mm. You know, you you you're coming from a place of care, of love, and facts as well. I noticed that when you started to debunk a lot of people and it is enough to make you pull your hair out, man. It Absolutely, is, yeah. It is wild, especially because you've got four hundred over 400,000 followers, so it must be a lot of traffic. Yep. Um, how do you cope with that? And how does it feel when you present people with actual facts yep. and they just rubbish you? I mean, uh, yeah, I, I still, I still find it difficult to be honest. Like, because I sometimes spend a lot of time doing a lot of research and looking at papers, and like, you know, because it's quite easy for an influencer to just go, "Oh, this paper said this, and uh, that means that you you shouldn't take cholesterol tablets." And I'd be like, "Right, well, screenshot that, go and actually read the paper, and uh, and and digest it, and tell people exactly what it said." You know, it takes me a lot of time, and I don't think people appreciate sometimes exactly the amount of work that goes into some of those videos. Um, but yeah, the, like people in, in the comments, like I mean, like you're saying, most most of it is positive. But I think, you know, if an influencer is trying to push something, or there's a link in the bio to their supplements, or there's a link in the bio to something, then Whenever you start affecting somebody's income, which I think is a big part of it, then I think they go on the attack. Yeah. Um, so I've found that. So people, like, you know, because I'll say to people, look, if you come to see me uh, in my surgery, I will get paid the same whether I give you a tablet or I don't give you a tablet. It's no bother to me if I don't give you a tablet. Yeah. But for these influencers, if you're not buying their supplements, then they're not making any money. Um, so they're not objective, you know what I mean? Like I've got no links in my, uh, in, in any of my social media that says, uh, I want you to go and buy this or do this. I'm just doing it because I actually enjoy educating people. And, um, I, I, you know, my, my, my followers have kind of built up my channel to be at the point where I can talk about whatever I want to. Um, but I think it is important that we do push back against these influencers because, um, essentially they're doing a really good job of duping people. You know, the amount of stuff that I get tagged in, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Like, if I had to go and do every single one of them, I wouldn't be doing anything else except yeah. TikTok videos, you know, um, which is frustrating, but um, I, I try my best with the ones that I think are really dangerous. And, um, you know, the, there was the ones that, uh, the, the, the stuff that happened a couple of months ago in Scotland, I thought that was particularly dangerous. And, you know, I don't normally do TikTok lives and things because I just don't, I'm not an influencer. I don't really want to 
like present myself as yeah. that you know it was um, the, it was the tanning products really because mm-hmm. like look here I, I used to be a guy that would walk into asda and see if i seen a red label whoopsie on a on a vitamin yeah yeah i'm taking yeah. it i'm taking it that's good for me but even me to even me i was like fuck that do yeah, you know no, what i mean no. and, and, and i think because um you know again these these people become famous uh, you use the term famous for something like doing pranks or doing something funny and then all of a sudden after they've got x x amount of followers they start to say all right we need to try and you know we need to make this worth our while we can't just be doing funny videos um and then it goes down a different path and then you know the the thing is everybody's an expert until they speak to an expert do you you know what i mean like uh, and and i i actually felt bad after that which i shouldn't have felt bad about but i thought well, you know, this is somebody who just obviously had no idea what they were talking about. Yeah. And, um, and, and you know, I had to do it. But at the end of it, I still felt bad. But, yeah. um, you know, and then... And, and I then, could see that you felt bad as well, by the way. But, you know, I, even even in that, I was trying to say, look, that, like, focus on the mental health stuff and all that kind of things and, and, and use your platform for good. But, you know, some people listen to you and some people don't. And, um, yeah, I just... Uh, hopefully it came across to everybody that you know i i'm genuinely just looking out for people like yeah. it's, it's i've not got an agenda to push i don't come from uh the rothschilds family or something like that you know i'm the, I'm the first doctor in my family i've not got a big um establishment to protect yeah. like if i see something you know that i think uh looks a bit odd i'll say it on social media you know like even during the covid stuff like um People always say to me, "Oh, yeah, you, 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 you pushed, you pushed the COVID vaccine." I was like, "Well, what I did was uh, these videos that were just spouting real horrible misinformation. I actually looked at the studies and went through them and said, look, this is what they are saying. This is what's actually going on.'" And you know, I, I, I get called out on that, but they, at the same time, they wouldn't say when I said, "Look." there's a slight increased risk of myocarditis in a certain age group or whatever those videos where i went along you know i was saying what they wanted me to say they wouldn't say oh yeah but he's you know he's kind of had a bit of a balanced argument because like i said i've got no reason to withhold or, or 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 you know not talk about anything i can talk about anything on my channel but um i'm coming from a place of actually just wanting people to be a bit more educated because what I tend to find is if, if I can give people hints or simple things that they can think about at home, then it's going to make it easier for when they go to see their doctor. They'll be like, oh, you know, I, I was feeling tired for the last couple of months and somebody maybe said it might be my iron levels or I should get my thyroid checked or, uh, you know, it might be mental health, you know, just give people some ideas instead of just going in blind because... I know myself, when I go to see my GP, I still get the, the butterflies in my tummy and I still feel um, nervous and I, and I have to think about what I'm going to say before I go in. And that's me and I've been a doctor for 15 years now and, and I still get that. So, you know, for, for somebody in the general public who hasn't got that background, it must be even worse. So I yeah. always try to, um, to, to, to just yeah, uh, give some people some ideas about their health and, um, and, and show that, you know, we, we do care about people. You know, yeah. I think I think a lot of the time people think that doctors don't give people enough time, and that's what I'm trying to do in my, on my social media. I think the the Paul, the, I'm so sorry, mate. Can I just pause for a pee? Go for it. I was going to try and just. That's no, right. I no, could no, never no, no, be no, a doctor, I, mate. Twelve hours holding on a oh, pee. No, I, my I, my I, legs I, have went fucking numb. <laughs> I've only had a wikisade and a cup of tea. Oh, no, keep that, good, keep that recording, man. I want to see the people. The people see the real me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what I was going to say though. 
But that but that was the other thing with the mental health though, because um, you know, the, the, those people are like, oh yeah, um are mental health advocates, but at the same time on the on their social media saying uh, you know, saying oh if I see that guy in the street, I'm gonna punch his head in or uh, <laughs> I'm driving yeah. driving down to his mum and dad's house and marks and all that. I'm like what's going on there's like performative positivity that's mm. happening with a lot of people and when you actually meet them in real life you're like this could be quite sinister and mm. you could actually be quite a dangerous character yeah absolutely because yeah, yeah. you believe that you're doing something good for people but mm. there is so much like anger yeah. fear venom in what you're saying and with and and if that's what they're saying publicly that they would do that god knows what they would oh, be exactly saying in private know, yeah. but it almost becomes like a kind of cult thing as well because um they, they they use everything that as a sign that they're doing the right thing so oh my, my instagram get taken down or my tiktok get taken down so that means that they know i'm a threat so they're yeah. taking their stuff down like it's just uh, and then that makes them more emboldened and they just keep going and they think they're doing the right thing it's like like they're on the crusade yeah you know what i mean it's uh but it, it you know it's just it's wild so sorry there was something that um were they what was it the, the guy that we're talking about particularly the tanning guy i remember mm. looking through his tiktok um i downloaded tiktok just because of that live yeah, yeah, I don't, i'm yeah, not on yeah. tiktok i just downloaded it to, because i was showing it to everybody like this is i think there's a couple of things i was wanted to say first yeah. of all I, I was incredibly uh i i get so much respect for you as a professional and and you know i'd hate to say it like this but it's like an academic the way that you're saying that you would go and research these papers and all because yeah. remember watching a video with somebody who was like they were like why don't you debate it was um neil degrasse tyson right, right and somebody right, right. was like why don't you debate a flat earther we'll get you on youtube I think it might have even been Rogan, where he was like, I'll get people in, we'll sit down, and he yeah, was yeah, just yeah. like, why would I waste my time with no, idiots? No. And you're like, that's not helping. I like, know. that is not is helping, because millions of people are now in these conspiracy communities online, and they're yep. getting fed so much nonsense, and you're saying it's beneath me to even speak to you. So the fact that you went on and I did know, that, I was I know. like, fucking you, hell. You know, you know how, many, how many of my, like, you know, my, my mum was like, what are you, <coughs> what are you doing? Don't, she's, like, she's like, don't bother. And all the, you know, all the, the, the my consultant friends are like, what are you doing, mate? I'm like, no, look, that, I mean, I'm like, look, I know, I know, just but, but let me do it. I have to do this because it was just getting to the point where I was like, no, this is just dangerous. You know, like the yeah. stuff that was coming out, like um, about, you know, the cancer stuff and the, um and the 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 diabetes and the fasting uh, the type one diabetics you know i'm like this this could actually kill somebody yeah um so so i felt like you know um again i didn't have to do it but i felt i had to do it um it was good that you done it yeah i I think i I think hopefully like because you know i am before before i did that i did like i did my research but i you know I, i genuinely put a lot of time into that so i know you know the other person was saying oh you know i'm gonna destroy your career and do all this stuff and do all that like it was just all this noise but behind the scenes i was you know researching and then you know and then once i've got that out then like well hold on a minute hold on a minute here you're talking about that but what about this that you're selling on your site i think this is this is an important thing that um education's been shot on from a great height right now i think it's deliberately being done like you see the agenda within politics even guys like sunak and you know the the right in america they're all saying the same thing like don't go and get a degree you know like we don't you don't need that blah 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 but one thing that you get taught i've got a mate who 
I I really respect, right? And and I'm not even going to lie to you. I was in these conspiracy communities, if you go back to like 2016, 2017. See when COVID hit, so this mate of mine, and I can't even say his name, he's worked at like GCHQ, he's worked at BEA Systems, he's he worked at CERN, um, he's, he's a physicist, and I was like just saying to him, like, what's going on here? And he was like, this is real. Like, mm-hmm. don't fuck about with this, man. I know how you love to go into 9 11 and you love all this stuff. Yeah, he's yeah, like, don't yeah, fuck yeah, about yeah. with this. Like, so I was like, right, I really trust this guy. So, um, but the, the, what, what, what gets taught to people to be able to critically think, to be able to read peer reviewed papers, to yeah. be able to distinguish that's nonsense. That isn't he? Like the bit where the guy on TikTok was like, I'm going to rock your world. Yeah, yeah, I get yeah. my information for the same place as you. And you're like, uh, it is an online directory, mate. Like, yeah. you, that, I see, could go but, and upload but, but, to the yeah. British Medical Journal yeah, right exactly. now. I, know, I could I just go and yeah, create yeah. a Word document, yeah. no, spout I did, whatever, I did, and just I did, upload I did, it. I did like that when he just like did the, you know, did the, the Disney did search they and says, oh, there's, there's, there's 20,000 <laughs> studies here. I'm like, oh, but that, that's not how that works. But that's only because I've, like gone through university and had to go through these things i'm like no that's not how that works mate um yeah it was just like you know it was it was important for me to go on and go look and and but be respectful as well i I didn't go in and and you know call many names or do anything it was all very you know i'm I'm here to do this it's not personal it was never personal for me i would have done it whether it had been um nigel farage or whoever or you know like anybody saying that stuff i would have done exactly the same thing yeah like i've said the same about joe rogan sometimes russell brand all these guys i'm like look you're saying this here's what the actual evidence shows and then if if people still want to follow what they're saying then well at least they've listened to both sides do you know what yeah. i mean i think the problem is that you get down the rabbit hole uh, type of thing if you watch a conspiracy video on youtube and then the next video is going to be something very very similar so you end up getting further and further yeah. down the rabbit hole without seeing the other side and, yeah. and, I, and I'm a big advocate of people making their own decisions. You know, if, if you um, if if you come to me as a doctor and, you, and I say to you, you need to take, well, we think you might need to take this this medicine because your cholesterol, your blood pressure is high, and you go, no, nah, I, don't, I don't really want to do that. And I'm like, right, right, what else can we do? What what, what can we do? Um, it, it, like, can, can we change your diet? Can we get you exercising a bit? It's all a bit of a, you know, as, as long as you know the information and I'm telling you and you understand it, then you can make your own decisions. Yeah. Um, but I think, um, yeah, it, but, it, but it's actually quite hard to argue with somebody who just doesn't understand data and the process. And like, it's not, you know, when I, yeah. when I used to do debates at medical school, it would be, well, this study shows this and, uh, you know, it's, it's significant and it's got a power of this, blah, blah, blah. But when you say that to somebody who's got no idea what that even means, it's just like, well, oh, I can Google things as well, you know? It's, yeah. It's quite hard. I think we live in a society as well. Like you said, you, you don't want to be cruel. You're not being cheeky. You're not yep. insulting anyone. We still live in a society where that I think people will still get hurt by that because they feel yep. that you're having a go at them Absolutely, or they've yeah, been yeah, wronged yeah. or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what you would call it. But so say for instance, say me and Paul were in the pub, right? And we're having a chat about health and fitness. Vit- you know how some people say vitamins are a lot of shite and then yeah, other yeah, people yeah. say vitamins are amazing. Yep. Where could Paul go to for, I'm not talking about Google because anybody could Google mm. mental health, right? And anything will come up. Yep. But see, if you were to say, if you want information about a family member that's got cancer or yep. depression, or if you're taking a vitamin or 
you're stressed. This website is fucking solid gold. Yeah. Where, where would doctors go to for info? So, so, so we go to websites that are like basically they're kind of like cheat sheets for every single condition, and it's called uptodate dot com. And uh, and basically, look, look, I. I admit I cannot remember everything a lot of the time I'll get people coming in with conditions that I haven't seen for a long time and I'll be like oh, I kind of roughly know like what the treatment plan is here but I need to double check it so we use uh, yeah it's called uptodate.com and there's there's uh, there's all these guidelines as well nice guidelines sign guidelines so these are ones that have been you know robustly tested and they're made by you know the experts in the fields and you know for things like um I mean, the, the the only issue is when it comes to vitamins or vitamins. I have to say vitamins in Australia. <laughs> see if I say vitamins. See if I say vitamins to somebody in Australia. They just look at me with a blank stare, and then I have to go vitamins, vitamins. Um, <laughs> but the the vitamin industry is really unregulated. They don't go through the t- same testing as medications do and things. So it's a bit of a minefield. But I'm always quite open on my channel. I'll say, look. Um, here's here's what I take. I, I probably take about four or five, but purely because my diet's not very good. Mm-hmm. Like if I ate loads of fruit and vegetables, and I was you know, uh, and I um, and I was on top of that, I wouldn't have to take anything. So I always say to people, look, the only reason I'm taking these is because I don't get enough of my diet, and I, and I accept that, and I say, look, I'll offset it by taking um, uh, certain vitamins. But uh, you should be a reason why you're taking something. If you're taking something just because. Um, I, I, somebody online has said, "Oh, take this and it'll change your life." Then it's not going to change your life, is it? Yeah. And there's nothing that'll do that if it sounds too good to be true, and somebody's promising your world, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Um, but there are some uh, vitamins that I use. Uh, so I, I take, I take vitamin D. Um, I will take um, vitamin C in the winter time because I don't eat enough fruit. And, um, and it does help you uh, prevent uh, prevent you getting coughs and colds and things and uh, it helps your immune system. Um, I take a, a vitamin B3, which is called nicotinamide, and that's purely for, because I live in Australia, it actually helps protect your skin against certain types of skin cancer. Um, I take creatine because um, when I go to the gym, it helps me lift a bit more, it makes me feel a bit better. But also there's more evidence now that it actually... Uh, acts as something called a nootropic so it can make you a bit more clarity in your brain so i I feel like it's been really well studied that i take that um i think i think that's about it and sometimes i take some melatonin if i'm going through a really bad patch of um uh, of sleep but that is you need a prescription in the uk for that yeah um so uh and and it's pretty safe and you can take it for a month at a time if you're going through a like a, a bad patch and sometimes i use it when i'm traveling um, wow. But that's all. That's all I'll take. All the other stuff. I mean, like like I said, if somebody is is selling you a, a vitamin and they say go to the link in my bio and uh, and you know put in code a discount so code. Sober warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That then then it's probably not. I mean, I I just think we should go back to basics and say right, are you sleeping properly? How stressed are you? And how could you manage that? Can you do a bit more exercise? Can you clean up your diet a bit and go back to basics and just say, you know, when you were a kid at school, what did you want to do with your life? How did you see it going? And where are you now? And can you get back on that path? Because yeah. um, I think um, there's a lot said about being happy, but actually when you think about it, being happy 100% of the time is not realistic. I actually yeah. say to people, do you feel content? Because I think content is more of a, a realistic term you know when you're sitting watching the tv and you're just like you know you're pretty happy you know you're just gonna 
contented in yourself. You're not sitting there watching TV with a big smile on your face going, oh, you know, that, that would be absolutely bananas, you know. Um, so I think the terminology when people say, oh, you're not happy. Well, yeah, but I mean, happy is a very, like, you know, there's a big emotion that comes with being happy, but it's impossible to be happy 100% of the time. Yeah. You'd probably be exhausted if you're happy 100% of the time. But I think even just changing your terminology is like, I feel contented. Uh, is a really good way of being like you know you come in from work and you're you're not too stressed and you're just watching the TV pretty content yeah. you know um, I like that and I'm I'm dealing with clients I'll say I always ask them like when's the last time you sat for half an hour with no phone no book no <coughs> oh, just sat and just let your thoughts run that's the problem with social media though is that the dopamine you know nobody's comfortable with silence or being bored anymore everybody has to be we're chasing something we're yeah. just constantly yeah, chasing exactly. something like i found myself really bad actually um, in the morning in the shower like before we had phones and better be a cold shower <laughs> cold shower uh, but before before we had phones and everything it would just be silence you know what i mean you'd have your own thoughts and it was actually a bit of meditation because you actually have to hear yeah. your own thoughts mm -hmm. whereas i'm really bad now for putting on podcasts and stuff and youtubes and uh and listening to that and not actually having that time so um but I, th I think as you get a bit older you do realize though that you have to look after your mind the same way as you look after your body you know so i i, I do now try to do a bit of um not not so much meditation just time where i'm not thinking about stuff um just to get as a, almost like a kind of reset button in the morning yeah. um I, I take five minutes to do you know that that kind of Wim Hof breathing and stuff like that. I actually, you know, they say it's got all these benefits. I've kind of looked into it. I, I, I would kind of doubt that it does anything to your physiology, but what it does do is it just makes you focus just on your breathing. Don't say that in this podcast, man. Nah. What was it that, what did I say about cold? Where I was talking about, oh, the vagus nerve, and uh, I was just like, all of this stuff is, is, is it's pseudoscience at yeah. the moment and yeah, they yeah. are looking at it to try yeah, and prove yeah, yeah. these things but ultimately you know you stress your body out and it's really stressful and you're in a super cold environment and then you go into a normal environment and you're like oh feel, yeah, well, exactly feel no, look, better look, and... I, I, I do it as well but the only reason I do it is because it fe in the way I think it works because you get again you get these guys that come on and go um, oh uh, going in for a cold uh, cold shower has the same effect on your brain as cocaine does I'm like well you don't see guys plunging their head into the toilet and nightclub do you like uh it's uh i mean it, it 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 will release dopamine but it, but i think the way that it works and it makes you feel fresh for the day is that you've actually overcome something yeah first thing yes. in the morning uh, you're like oh i really don't want to go in that cold shower and then when you do it you, f you actually go oh, i did it i feel yeah. better so you've actually you're one up already it's one nil and you're only yeah. five past eight in the morning you're ready to go to work so i think it's more from that but then you get all these people overcomplicating and saying, uh, you know, coming out with all these fancy things. Just like, do whatever makes you feel they want, good. They want the magic pill, didn't they? Oh, uh, exactly, I, yeah, I, yeah. I studied under a guy called David Burns, and um, he's, you know, to me, he's like a fucking CBT guru, right? He's like Stanford's head of, you know, he's like Andrew Huberman, but for mental health at Stanford. He's yeah, like yeah, the, yep. pro the top professor, and he did a podcast, and, and I was really at no mentioned this today, but I was really into health and fitness before what I sort of see as like, oh, I just decided, oh, I did therapy and was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I going to the gym every day? Yep. Why am I punishing myself? Why am I only eating vegetables and chicken every day? Like, yeah, this is yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but he did a great podcast with a guy where he was basically talking about like the runner's high and talking about like health and fitness and it's all about fitness and if you control the body you control the mind mm. and he was basically like what goes through your mind when you come out of the gym and the guy's like uh nobody else has done this today and he's like right, right. so it's almost like a it's like a sort of narcissism yeah, that makes yeah, you feel yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. but ultimately what he was proving was like you just said there, I have done something good for myself today. Yep, yep. That makes me feel good. Yeah. That's a thought. Yeah. That is just a thought pattern. Yeah, yeah. And that is it. See, to go in and talk about how it changes the chemistry of your brain and endorphins and all this sort yep. of stuff, it does exist. But these are like single percentile things that change in your brain. You yep. don't get this whoosh overnight where you go to the gym one day and then you wake up the next no, day and it's like oh my bipolar is gone or, or these are thought patterns yep. and if you think i am doing something good for myself today i i didn't want to do that and i managed to drive myself to go yep. and do that and overcome that and that makes me feel good about yourself ultimately these are just thoughts absolutely and yeah. their thoughts drive your mood and, and, and I, I think the other important thing is for people because you know it gets to christmas time and people are like oh in january i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and it's this horrible time for people because i get i get um patients coming in they said right in january i'm gonna eat a thousand calories a day and uh, I'm, I'm gonna go for a 5k jog every day and i'm like right when was the last time you went for a 5k and they'd be like oh, about seven years ago and i'd be like right well wh wh why don't we just bring it back a wee bit why don't you um, I think a really important thing is to find out what your basal metabolic rate is. I don't know if you guys have heard of that before. Basically, it just means the amount of calories that your body has to consume just to survive. So, for your average man, it might be let's just say two thousand two thousand calories, right, for you to just stay alive, like keep the fire burning all day. So, if you need two thousand, then instead of going down to one thousand, where you'll feel like absolute dog shit and you you won't be able to concentrate at work, you'll feel even worse then why don't go down to 1,900 calories and lose 100 every day where you're not going to feel it that much, yeah. but over a longer period of time, you're going to feel better and you're going to lose weight. Um, it's the same with the stuff where people are like, I'm going to do a 5K every day in January and they'll probably do it for two days and tear their calf or do the hammy. Um, I'd say, right, well, why don't we start off with a, a 1K walk every day? And uh, where you leave your phone at home, you put in um, a, a podcast or something you like to listen to, some nice music, and you take that time for yourself. And then over the weeks, once you're feeling a bit more confident, then you can do a bit more and you can do a bit more. Because see, if you, if you start off too high and you aim high and you fail, you're just going to be so fed up and you'll go back to being even worse than when you started. But if you do the small wins and the small increments, then that builds on something. So um, yeah, again, it all stems back to the social media where people are like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to be um, pushing barrels yeah. up, uh, up up a steep <laughs> hill, you know, like uh, you don't need to do that. It, it, like you, you, you're not training for a Hollywood movie. You're just yeah. like trying to make you go in the right direction so that you feel better in your body, in your mind. Um, but again, none of that stuff is sexy on social media, is it? Like if I say yeah. to somebody, go for a one kilometer walk and you yeah. will feel amazing. Yeah, balance. Like, yeah. oh yeah, like why don't we be moderate? No, it's just, it's the extremism of it all, isn't it, that it, it really it, sells. Exactly. And everybody wants a quick fix. And unfortunately, there are no quick fixes. Uh, and, it's and, all about calories in, calories yeah, out, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, 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 there's a bit, bit more complicated stuff than just the calories in, calories out. But, no, but, no, but, it's calories in, <laughs> calories out. Uh, but, but, um, Doctor, but, no, your no. fuck shite. 
<laughs> but 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 um, you know the uh, one of the things that I, that I use that I quite like um, is the a set of scales. I think they're called Renfo or something like that. Um, I don't know if I'm I'm saying it properly, but I don't look at my weight on it. What I do is it's got a little app that connects to your phone and it tells you what your basal metabolic rate is. Oh, because wow. if you are, let's say you've got somebody who's 100 kilos, right? And your basal metabolic rate when you're 100 kilos is. Uh, two thousand. Let's go two thousand calories again, right? When you get to eighty kilos, your basal metabolic rate is not two thousand anymore. It's one thousand five hundred, or let's just say it's gone down, right? So if yeah. you keep eating the same as what you were doing, you're not going to lose the weight. That's why people when they lose weight to begin with, and then they go, "Oh, I can't lose any weight anymore." But that's because their body's changed. They actually don't need as much energy just to keep going during the day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, the BMR is something that I always get my patients to look at. Like um, and and when I get them to st- step on on these scales that they have, I say don't even bother. I, I usually get people to tape over the the numbers because I'm like not interested in what it's doing. Yeah. We're just interested in how we can use this to make you feel a bit better. Um. But that takes time, you know. I I, I get frustrated sometimes because I'll get people coming in that are in the, in what's called a pre-diabetic stage where they're not diabetic but they're not far off of it so in the next six months if they just kept doing what they were doing they probably would have diabetes how would you know it's pre what's pre what's the signs of pre-diabetic so so actually you probably wouldn't get any signs to be honest it's just on a blood test so it's the same as anything like if you're walking about with a really high cholesterol you're walking about with a really high blood pressure you probably wouldn't know um until you know you get it checked at the doctor's but if, if I did the blood test and I said, right, well, look, your sugars are high, but they're not high enough to be diabetes, but we do need to do something. So let's have a look and see how we can uh, get you exercising a bit more, look at your diet, because in six months, if you keep going the way you're going, you're going to have diabetes. But these are the kind of things that, you know, I, I get people sometimes that will just go, do you know what, doc, I can't be bothered. I've got a stressful job. I just want tablets. And I'm like, right, well, it's your it's your choice, you know. What I mean, yeah. I, 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 but that that frustrates me that people don't really want to take accountability of what they can do, you know, and would just say, but it's their choice at the end of the day. It's just not what I would do. Yeah. Um. But you have to respect everybody's decisions, you know. I, I can't, you know, if if people are uh, got a really stressful, busy job and they literally cannot change their lifestyle, then if they don't want to, then you know, there's nothing much. There's nothing much we can do about it. Yeah. Would you ever get people that are like, you know? I probably shouldn't joke about this, but you know, you're like people that smoke grass and stuff, and you're like, yeah, maybe you should just stop smoking grass, and that would help your mental health. And they're like, no, it's a plant. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's tricky. Look, I mean, I, uh, I, I when I'm talking to people, I'm 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 realistic. You know, I'm from I'm from the real world, so telling somebody to that's that's got a big drug habit or, or or whatever whatever drug it is for me to just go to them. Look, you need to stop right now. It's not going to happen. So it's about what is realistic in the next six months to a year, but also, you know, why it's like that you should see people's faces when, when they come in to see me and I am talking to them about alcohol and they say, look, I'm drinking too much and, and um, I'm drinking, you know, uh, a, a bottle of wine a night and two in the weekends and stuff. And I say to them, why are you drinking that much? Uh, not like, um, because I don't think they get asked that enough, but it, kind of makes them think about, oh, why am I actually? Where's yeah. that all come from? Because it's almost like self-medicating, you know? So you're, people are self-medicating for something. So somebody who's got a weed problem, somebody who's, you know, doing a lot of coke on the weekends, uh, somebody who's drinking a lot, self-medicating for something. So you got yeah. to try and di- dive down and find out what it is. Um, yeah. But uh, but again, that takes time. And in the NHS, I felt like I didn't have the time to 
to um to, to speak to people properly about those kind of things which i felt was just yeah I, I didn't feel fulfilled as a doctor because i felt like i was doing a you know a rubbish job yeah that's nice that's nice to hear that man that's uh that is very nice to hear that um how long have we done Paul? an hour and ten an hour and 15 right an hour right. and 15 so wow. normally we keep it about an hour i'd like to ask you one more question okay we'll right. line up a wee bit right, right go for it i know that you've worked in hospital what my mum used to be a cleaner in the royal right yeah right, right. she's a she's full-time takes a piss with me all the time so i don't know what's true and what's not yep. true but she told me that you know there was she worked in an old folks home as well and they've yep. got rituals of certain things yep she says that the royal's haunted mm -hmm. have you ever seen a ghost is uh, there any wards that you go into and you're like ah, i'm no fucking going in that ward no absolutely no the, the the royal definitely is haunted there's a there's a story that um that, that, that goes around that apparently is true and um so there's a there's a massive corridor that connects one part of the royal to the other so the one that's on um alexandra parade and then the one down in castle street i think it is and there's a massive corridor and it takes about it'll take you about 10 minutes to walk down this corridor so um when i was on night shifts because i'd heard this story i used to just put my head down and just go as quick as i could down it so apparently the story goes that um uh, there's, a, there's a doctor um running down the corridor because his cardiac arrest buzzer's gone off and he's running down to this ward and there's a there's a wee woman halfway up the corridor and she stops him and she says excuse me do you know the way out and he um and he goes ah it's over there and then she goes out and he keeps running and he gets to the the ward and he gets to the bed and the woman that they're resuscitating was the woman that he saw in the corridor oh my god and that used to give me the, the heebie-jeebies so every time i walked down this corridor uh, i'd be like woofed uh just keep yeah. my head down and not look because uh yeah, that was pretty scary stop hill definitely had a, a ghost and um i can't remember what ward it was i i, I used to uh, you, things like that used to freak me out to be honest um apparently there was a nurse that had kind of hung herself like 80 years ago or something in the in the lift um in the lift shaft and people used to see used to see her wow. and then one of the orthopedic wards in the royal as well we used to get patients saying who was that nurse that was kicking about last night in the weird clothes and apparently there was a nurse up there as well um but yeah i used to hate all that stuff man like yeah it just gave me the heebie-jeebies like it, it scares uh, me my mum used to work in an old folks home and she used to work with a lot of nurses from like the philippines and asia mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. and they said that anytime someone passed away they opened all the windows yeah and uh, she says the night shift there was people that wouldn't work the night shift because yep. they seen some oh, uh, absolutely yeah yeah oh no i mean there's, there's definitely stuff like that going on but i, I think um I'm, I'm a bit of a believer in if you're if you're accepting to it then you'll probably see something if you're really like ah oh, that freaked me out i think you're probably not gonna you're not gonna yeah. uh, get into the kind of paranormal world but yeah no there's some, some scary yeah scary stuff we see in the hospitals but um i think once you start thinking about it your mind kind of goes uh, into overdrive well, but one mad question then and mm -hmm. i don't want to like make you question fucking your existence yeah oh god right here we go do you believe in the afterlife um no that's the spirit you know i used to be i used to go to, i used to go to mass every sunday and um i i i, I want to believe it and it yeah. not, not really just for me from from you know my mom and my gran and, and and everybody else um but 
I, I worked in the Beatson for a while um, in the cancer hospital, and I just could not get the thought out of my head that if there was a God and if he'd created all this, then why is there kids eight years old that are you know passing away from bone cancer? Um, in front of me and I just could not shake that so so now now my kind of feeling is look we've got a wee bit of a holiday on the earth you know we're hairless apes uh, spinning around a, a ball of fire and just enjoy it while you're here um, yeah. and 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 I think as soon as you realize that you don't have that much time you can actually enjoy life a bit more yeah um, but yeah no for, for me being in medical stuff and stuff I've seen I've just been like look um, I, I mean, I, again, I could be completely wrong. So you might as well hedge your bets if you believe in God and you do, and you go to mass, uh, and it just turns out to be nothing anyway. Then you haven't lost anything, have you? Um, yeah. Whereas I might get to the the the, the pearly gates and they'd be like, Nah, mate, you questioned it. You're and not, me you're standing not, behind God uh, like that. And I, what, what, <laughs> yeah, let us in. But um, no, it's an it's an interesting subject. But uh, yeah, I am. But that that part of my life definitely made me just question, like you know, if if it's all created, then and I, and I don't get people saying it's a you know it's oh it's a test, yeah. test test of what you know yeah. like it's just cruel and um, yeah uh, again people have their own beliefs, but like I said, maybe you know we we are just very um, like basic creatures in the middle of a universe. There might be something bigger and there might be something that we can't see. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I'd like to believe there's something, but yeah, I, th I think um, yeah, it's more in hope than anything. Yeah. Are you going to be lying in your bed at three in the morning just staring at the ceiling like Darren Connell, you bastard? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Questioning my existence, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in. It's been educational in a fun way but it's mm. been just a good laugh to talk Absolutely. to you as well yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also got a present for you oh thanks very much before yeah. you go maybe you could apply this to your life brother and it could help you is that a big block of cement is it see the next time somebody's got depression oh here we go or right. mental health problems oh, you just gear them this right that's the depression candle that saved my life right and also see I don't know if you work with like child alcoholics right occasionally <laughs> kids with alcoholism coming to the, the surgery and all that that is a child alcoholic candle no that's very niche that is a very niche market <laughs> 90 quid but she she calls you a doctor 85 quid right right bargain don't say I'm no good to you bro no I appreciate that that's going to go to good use also if I give you cash in hand can you give me a medical before you go him <laughs> he's I'm one, not, I'm not he's one that. the I'm rectal that. exam that's sweet <laughs> oh god um, <laughs> prostate um, imagine if you'd done it as a joke and you were like no darn you've got two months to live uh, oh Jesus is there anything you would like to promote before you go uh, no look, I, I, I'm just delighted to come in and have a chat with you to be honest because like I said I've been watching your stuff and when I'm in Australia sometimes um, you just cannot get the banter in Australia <laughs> than what you get at home do you know what I mean so yeah. uh, when I when I flick through TikTok and I see some of your videos it makes me think about Glasgow and home and it's, uh, it's really nice brilliant man um, but yeah um, I've got a couple of things coming up in the new year so it's all been a bit mad so I mean I'm still going to be working full time as a doctor but I've got a, um, a series coming out called Dialogue where we're talking about things like um, body dysmorphia and uh, health anxiety and problems that people don't really want to talk about with the, with the doctors or don't get talked about enough um, but in a kind of fun way like talking to your pal about it not like a um, you know I uh, sometimes have to do the morning TV things in Australia and it's very very 
uh, it's so boring and annoying. <laughs> I feel like Troy McClure from, uh, yeah. from The Simpsons. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. And, uh, you know, um, but yeah, no, just, just look, hopefully people watching will realize that, you know what, I actually just enjoy giving out information about health to people and hopefully it reaches people and makes them, um, not, that, not that I think, the, you know, everything I say is right, but yeah. um, just think about, uh, get, give the same scrutiny to little farmers as you do to big farmers. The thing I say to everybody, I mean, if, <laughs> little farmer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, little, little farmer. Just because something's natural or organic doesn't mean that it's good for you. But um, you know, so uh, like, yeah, you, you do you. If you say you're going to do your own research, do it properly. Yeah. And um, and like I said, make, make informed decisions based on information from both sides. Don't just look at the side that somebody's uh, you know spouting at you. There's there's always two sides to everything. Yeah. Thank you very much, mate. No worries, you're welcome. Paul, thank you for your help. Um, if you're listening, please give us a five-star review on Spotify. Follow Dr. Michael on TikTok. And we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.